Welcome to episode 11 of the Pregactive Podcast, where we talk with dietitian and nutritionist Carla Johnson about iron deficiency in pregnancy. I'm Karen with the founder of Pregactive, and through this Pregactive Podcast, I'm going to help you feel empowered, informed, and confident through your pregnancy and motherhood journey as we talk all things health, mind, and fitness. All right, we are very fortunate to have Carla Johnson with us today, who is a dietitian and a nutritionist, and we're going to be talking about low iron in pregnancy. This is such a common thing for a lot of pregnant women, so we're just going to go through a whole lot of questions I have (laughs) and, uh, yeah, get, get some background. But before we begin, Carla, could you just give us a little bit of intro into who you are and why you do what you do. Thanks for having me, Karen. It's really exciting to to be here and to share my knowledge with you and your listeners. So a little bit about me is that I'm an accredited practicing dietitian and I'm also the owner of the Nutrition Circle. Um, And put simply, we're all about really easy and practical nutrition information that's tailored to the person. And my area of special interest is women's health and in particular, um, a focus on hormone conditions like polycystic ovary syndrome, diabetes um, and weight management and really my mission um, and why I love working with women is that if I can educate and inspire them to live a better balanced life through food you know it's going to be a better outcome for for everyone just think about how many um, relationships that women have around them that they can influence when they're you know feeling really good and really positive so uh, and it's about food you know all types of food I should say not just healthy foods in inverted commas. So let's get into, I guess, talking about why is it so common that women in pregnancy have low iron, especially in the third trimester? So it's not every day that your body is working really hard to grow a baby. So um, women already have higher iron needs than men due to the fact that we menstruate monthly um, and do that blood losses, then we obviously need more iron um, to replace more often. And the role of iron is to make uh, red blood cells in the body, and that helps to carry oxygen. And so having adequate iron levels are also really important for a healthy immune system, and that releases energy to ourselves, which means that we can do all our jobs every day. So, but during pregnancy, there's two things that actually happen. Firstly, your body needs an even higher amount of iron because during this stage of life, you know, as I said, you're growing a baby. So you're having to not only do your daily function, but also make new cells and tissues and all those beautiful things that will form your baby in nine months time. So, you know, your body actually, and that's quite a rapid time, you know, nine months isn't quite a long period. So you need lots more energy, lots more oxygen, lots more red blood cells. And that's why your iron requirements go up and, you know, if we're not meeting that through our food, and then that's where women can end up having lower levels. And the second thing too is the job of your of your baby is to actually steal some of those iron. <laughs> so true. So, yeah, so they're going to steal your iron levels while they're growing and while they're developing because it's going to support them in their first six months of life while they're, you know, only being fed milk from either breast milk or formula and so they need to have adequate stores to to get them through life and so as they're growing they're going to be taking and taking and taking from from mum from you and therefore that's why also 
there's the risk that women can have lower levels during pregnancy. And as you mentioned, Karen, in that third trimester, you know, that's when bub's biggest, you know, they're at their optimal. So they've got lots of muscles that they're taking all your iron levels just to, to stack away for later. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. And in terms of the daily requirements for iron for a pregnant woman? Yeah. So I'm actually going to start with, these are all the recommended daily intake requirements. So, so someone, a lady who's not pregnant actually requires 18 milligrams of iron a day. And that's compared to men who only have eight. So already we have that higher level. But during pregnancy, this increases to 27 milligrams a day. So a huge jump, you know, that's quite a lot when, you know, on our average, I think most most of us really struggle just to get that without being pregnant. And to give you an idea, about 100 grams of, say, a beef steak mm-hmm. has about 3.5 milligrams of total iron. So 3.5 compared to 27 in a day. And... <laughs> we'll talk about this a little bit later maybe, is that of that 3.5 milligrams of iron, only about 0.7 is actually absorbable. So, you know, it is quite a feat to get all that iron in to meet our daily requirements while pregnant. And I think that's the thing that people forget is it's not like, okay, I can consume this, you know, 100 gram beef steak and that all is iron and that 100 grams is you know everything it's definitely not and that's such a small number isn't it and everybody's absorption levels are are totally different yeah that's it that's spot on the thing is we do know that there are some little ways that we can increase absorption and some people might have heard about the fact that you know having some vitamin c yeah with your iron-rich food can actually help that absorption. And on the flip side, we also know that there are some iron blockers in the body. So we know that having high amounts of tea or coffee, wine, or even cola can limit that uptake of iron. Um, And that's because of the tannins in those types of drinks that can actually stop that iron from being absorbed across the, the gastrointestinal barrier. And the other big thing too that people might not know about is calcium is also another blocker. So thinking about all our foods like our dairy products and uh, some of our, you know, nuts and seeds or even some of our, you know, uh, tofu and things like that can be a little bit of a limiter if eaten in large amounts at the same time as our uh, iron-rich food. And I always think of it because it's like iron and calcium will compete with each other. It's Mm -hmm. like they're running a race in our bodies and it's about who's going to be absorbed first. And unfortunately, calcium will always win over iron. So it's not about not having any calcium-rich foods, but it's just about timing and how much you have. So that's something we can yeah, look at or that's what a dietitian can really help with. So why, why is vitamin C so good at this? Yeah, so I, um, I was looking at some studies, I guess, in terms of what is the role of vitamin C and how it actually supports iron to be absorbed. Um, and that's actually, without getting too technical, <laughs> there's a chemical change that happens when we absorb um, iron from our food and when it you know it's broken down and digested and absorbed in our bodies and we know that vitamin c if it's it's kind of paired at the same time does two things and essentially it prevents the formation of like insoluble or um, unabsorbable iron compounds so because iron is a, a metal it can change its its formation depending on what what it's around and what it's exposed to um, and I guess it's just, um, sorry, vitamin C just reduces that chance that it can, I guess, change and become something that we don't like or the body isn't able to absorb very quickly or very well. So 
you know, and I guess in a really common sense, it just it just means that the form that the iron is in vitamin C supports that to be transported across the the gut lining, I guess, and, and into the bloodstream, with, which is where it can do its job. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I just think that nutrition is such an interesting topic because people just think energy in, energy out, right? Like, okay, I ate a burger, so I've got to go for a walk or a run. <laughs> and there's so much more to it. And when there's things like this, where one, you know, eating this type of food with this, it's just so interesting. And particularly if you're needing to get to that 27, you know, number, like that this stuff is so important to yeah. know because if you're going I'm having my iron but then you're having you know your tea or your whatever with it and you might be not helping yourself as much it is it's a real science and and there's lots of information out there and we can get bogged down in it but hopefully this gives just some really easy simple yeah know, points and starters yeah so in terms of sources of iron so you know first thing you think of is red meat but what are some other really good sources of iron yeah so red meat is often they're like oh just eat eat more red meat that's what you know the doctors or some you know family members will say to you oh you're not eating enough red meat and I think that's a it's a really interesting point too because we are starting to realize that perhaps we need more variety in our diets and even the inclusion of more plant-based foods can prove a bit challenging when you may have been diagnosed with low iron um, or iron deficiency. You know, red meat, first of all, or any type of animal product is, I guess, the easiest way to get iron because it contains what we call heme iron. And heme iron is that more absorbable iron compared to plant-based foods that contain non-heme. And what that really just means is that when you're eating a, a food that contains non-heme iron, you're just going to have to eat a whole lot more in terms of what's then available to be absorbed. There's other ways we can also get some iron-rich sources into our diet. So from a animal, animal and plant-based, but also fortified food products out there too. And we're talking about things like breakfast cereals and malt powders. So when I think about iron-rich foods, we're talking about, so wheat, bix and all bran are part of those fortified cereal ranges that have added iron, kidney beans, green lentils, um, tofu. So interestingly, that also has quite a high amount of iron in it naturally. Chickpeas, you know, wholemeal pasta, cashew nuts. Um, everyone knows spinach because, you know, Popeye used to build his muscles with <laughs> lots of spinach. Um, rolled oats, almonds, dried apricots broccoli and again you know brown rice and whole grain breads so there's Mm. lots of different options out there but they will have varying amounts of iron in them and particularly whether it's you know heme or non-heme you know every time I eat some dried apricots I think I'm I'm increasing my iron (laughs) (laughs) because it's it's such a good addition you know like you can't just go oh it's 3 p.m let's cook up a steak to know these things that are like some of these are just quick snacks that you can just have and I think that there's so much pressure on dinner because it's like okay dinner is when I'll have my you know all my vegetables and if I eat meat then I'll make sure I have my red meat then but if you can increase through you know your cereals in the morning I certainly am doing that myself and then having those snacks like dried apricots and you know some of the nuts and things it just helps Yes, and I think even you just made a really, a really great point about 
spreading it across your day as well rather than leaving it all to the end of the day on your dinner plate so and that also gives your body the best opportunity to absorb because if you just sit down and eat a big whack of Mm. whatever that iron rich food is or whether it is you know a steak or eggs or it is you know oats or anything it's still your body's only going to be able to absorb as much as it can in that one little sitting so the fact that you know adding it into your snacks like yeah having your dried apricots or you know chomping on some cashew nuts throughout the day just means there's more opportunities for your body to pick up more um, iron throughout the day. And it's so interesting with pregnancy because people think, oh, just eat whatever you want and just, you know, have that whole tub of ice cream and all of those sort of things. <laughs> and sure, you know, cravings are definitely involved. But if you just waste, I guess, almost all of your energy intake on things that have no nutrients, then what are you doing to your body? Yeah, yeah. you need so, because this is just iron. Like there's so many other nutrients that you need in your pregnancy that if you're not consuming really high, rich, nutrient-dense foods, like yeah, you're not doing yourself any favours. Yeah, and I guess I see it as eating as an opportunity to nourish. So any yeah, time. exactly. Yeah, any time you can have a bite of something if it's going to be <laughs> nourishing. We're so the same on that. (laughs) I love that. I love when we go out for lunches and things we eat so healthy. Okay, so um, food combinations. Mm. Um, It's it's easy to say, okay, let's have that and that, but what are just some good examples just so we can keep them in our heads? Yeah, and again, like I just encourage um, women not to get bogged down about it and not to stress about it because mm. it, it again it doesn't have to be complicated or complex or um, you know it shouldn't be another thing that you have to worry about <laughs> but I thought I'd just share so some really easy stuff is like making a birch muesli so mm-hmm. soaking some rolled oats the night before you know throw some dried apricots in because not only are they high in iron but they've also got that vitamin c and even if you just soak them in a little bit of orange juice, so again, that's a, nearly, a really great vitamin C source. So together that's going to help release some of that iron in both of the oats and the apricots. Do you know what I love about doing that, because that's what I do, mm. is that these little dried apricots then swell yeah. into these beautiful, juicy, delicious apricot for the morning. Like it's so good. It, it actually encourages me at night time to do it because given the time period of the night it actually enhances the swelling of it and then in the morning you have this beautiful breakfast ready to go it's so good all you need to do is then maybe you top it with a little bit of milk just Mm -hmm. to like you know loosen it a little bit but that's a great way to start the day absolutely if you're more of a savory you might do uh, you know your smashed avo with you know well-cooked eggs on wholemeal toast so again eggs provide a little bit of iron wholemeal toast will have some of that added iron and then even with a little bit of baby spinach which is going to be your non-heme iron and then if you just put a little bit of lime juice or lemon juice to to give it that little you know zest as well but that's your vitamin c that's going to Mm. release everything while you while you digest and absorb another thing might be um i I thought this was a really great one for for lunches because often people find lunch really hard um but falafels because they're going to be made you know or if you make them yourself make them with mixed beans and chickpeas so again that really high source of non-heme iron put a little bit of mango chutney which is your vitamin c yeah and then you can even pop it on a bed of quinoa, which again, we know is a, a high iron grain and a little bit of that baby spinach. So, you know, again, a really nice combination. The quinoa is such a good one. And I think that people go, oh, like I need something quick. I'll grab bread or I'll grab whatever. Mm. But if you, at the start of your week, you just cook up a thing of quinoa and keep it in the fridge or if you freeze bits, 
it's so quick to add to salads and it does make it, you know, Mm, it's a, yeah, it's a great, um, again, what we call nutrient-dense grain. It mm. provides even a bit of protein and your fibre and um, omega-3s. So it is a bit of a winner there. Mm. Again, I thought, you know, a really simple Asian noodle salad. So you can top that with tofu and then even a bit of shredded cabbage, carrot, cucumber, um, because that's going to give you, again, a boost of vitamin C. And then you might look at a bit of a citrus soy dressing on top. And again, that's something that you could have hot or cold, depending on you know the time of day or what the weather is. And for dinner, you know, stir fries with broccoli, capsicum, which is your vitamin C, and then throwing in a bit of lean red meat. So, you know, could be some kangaroo fillet or, or some um, pork mince or something like that. And again, serving it on with brown rice or your quinoa, as you said. So, um, and then going back to snacks, you know, again, throughout the day, having some cashews with a piece of fruit or um, licorice is also really high in iron. If you, there you go, if you're a licorice fan, you know, and you might have that with a couple of strawberries, which is your vitamin C. So again, these little combinations can be really simple, easy and quick, but um, just give you that little drip feed of iron throughout the day. And so many people just think of oranges as vitamin C, yeah. right? Yes. See, the oranges are orange juice. That's the only real big vitamin c there's so much vitamin c in other fruits mm. and even you know capsicum like there's so much in things that you don't even realize yeah and most of our fruit and veggies will contain vitamin c um but yes you're right i don't know for some reason we always go to citrus so yeah. but you know pineapple is also great yeah. um you know your apples etc is there a difference between well i know we've talked about it a bit but a bit more detail into the meat sources and the non meat sources of iron yeah so I guess I'm going to talk, talk about probably heme and non-heme yeah. in this mm-hmm. situation so essentially so why your animal products are more easily or the iron is more easily absorbed is mm. because heme iron is derived from hemoglobin and hemoglobin is a uh, I guess it's what helps us to to carry that iron and also our oxygen around the blood so when we're consuming animal products we're essentially consuming their hemoglobin which is then full of um, heme iron so that's why I guess it's that more preferred or mm-hmm. um, easily absorbable um, source so and that also just red meat fish and chicken just to clarify you know it is it's all those animal products compared to plant sources that unfortunately that they don't have any they don't have hemoglobin you know they uh they use photosynthesis so <laughs> they create their own oxygen through the through sun and water so that's why they're Iron is essentially the minerals that they get from their roots and from from the ground. So iron supplements, because, you know, even if you've got a balanced diet, sometimes these little babies just zap (laughs) all the iron and, yeah, give us a bit of insight onto some iron supplements. Yeah, so first of all, I guess I just want to make it clear is, you know, it's not about anyone and just because you go out and get an iron supplement it's really important that you know you get your blood levels checked um, and it's a conversation with your you know your obstetrician or your GP or your midwife um, because that, there's actually three stages of I guess low iron um, and it begins with either iron depletion and then there's iron deficiency and then there's iron deficiency anemia which is the most serious and I said blood tests can can literally tell us which one of those levels you are at and usually, you know, again, that conversation with your healthcare team, you might be iron depleted or iron deficient, and that might be, uh, you might be okay with just getting through a high iron diet, and that might be enough to get you back up 
to where the normal levels are. But generally, if you have iron deficiency anemia, you're going to need um, that iron supplement because you're just that far below the line that any any or any you know amounts of iron foods, iron rich foods aren't going to get you there. So some things to really think about with iron supplements is like it's really interesting. There's there's lots of different types and they're all very varied. And the main thing I guess people talk about is a side effect of constipation. So and again we know that's actually quite common with ingesting elemental iron from a a supplement so I guess the first thing is don't panic that's that is quite normal but obviously if we can avoid it that's going to be far more comfortable and I had a really good look at this there was a great study done in the UK around different types of oral supplements on you know that you can purchase over the counter or um, or from a pharmacy and even the difference between taking a tablet versus taking liquid form and I think there's just it's really interesting from my point of view as a dietitian because, you know, again, about the digestive system, there's some iron supplements that have been formula- formulated to make sure that they have a controlled release. So potentially when you have them, our stomach is really, really acidic and they may have coated them or added something else in the compound to resist that, um, I guess, dissolving in that in the stomach. So potentially that is a little bit too early to where we want iron to be absorbed we actually want it to be absorbed in the top of our small intestine that's where you know it works best I guess so there were some supplements that you know were dissolving much quicker and then potentially maybe not getting to the small intestine and then there's others that were controlled release that may you know have gone through the stomach fine but then weren't also being absorbed in the small intestine so it was really interesting to just see that there are some different formulas and different um, ways that they're out there but from that study I think I looked at one um, that had a ferrous glucinate, glucinate um, as the type of iron but then again I think it's really you know I think actually the best thing is to go speak to a dietitian or the pharmacist and you know check with the different types of brands that they stock and what what they feel is the best and most suited for you so I guess some um, brands that I recommend is either Fab Iron or Multifar, which we know are, you know, two fairly, I guess, safe and comfortable brands. So, but again, as I said, I'd really encourage it's about finding what's best for you. So is that why it's recommended to have food with, with your supplements? Like because of the acidicness of the stomach, if you're just taking this one little tablet, then all the acid is going to that compared to the the meal yeah spot on yeah (laughs) spot on because that's the I mean that's the job of the stomach is it's so acidic to start breaking down stuff but yeah the, the food kind of buffers that for you so some side effects we've spoken about constipation so having if that's the case obviously you need to talk to your healthcare professional that's important um but just being mindful of you know increasing fiber and balancing the body and that's a big thing i think that when there's one deficiency say or or something low people go oh i need to focus purely on that it's like yeah but make sure that everything is balancing itself out absolutely and um as you said about constipation you know, you might like to try adding some um, extra soluble fiber and obviously also fluid. Fluid's really important. Yep. But things like, you know, some psyllium husks or some chia seeds, which help to soften stools. Or you might even look at maybe a gentle laxative like Coloxal and Senna. Again, in, you know, in uh, recommendation with your with your medical team can also help. But that's in real extreme circumstances of, of constipation. So, and the other thing too, as you said, 
iron also can interfere with the absorption of things like zinc. So mm. again, it's all it is. It's a real balancing act, and and again, remembering not to take it around, you know, eating it with your tub of yogurt because that's going to have calcium, which is then going to, you know, compete for that absorption. So it can, you know, as as much as I'm probably making it sound really complex, <laughs> it's just remembering those little things if you can or, you know, planning your day when you are going to take your tablet um, and sticking to that. So just you have that routine. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. Are there any other additional comments that you wanted to make on iron? I think the big one um, is that if you are feeling really tired and really fatigued, like please go and pester your your doctor or your midwife um, for a blood test because I think so many women out there when they're pregnant just think it's the day-to-day life, the busyness um, or, you know, being pregnant that it's expected that you're going to be tired or you might be running after older children. But, you know, there might actually be that underlying cause, which is quite fixable, obviously, you know, quite easily to to get your iron levels back up. But it's just as simple as a blood test. So I really encourage that, yeah, don't put up with it. If you really think it's something affecting you in your day, you know, listen to your body, listen to what it's telling you and go find out. Thank you so much, Carla. That was such useful information. Thanks for having me. So great to have Carla come on board and talk about iron deficiency in pregnancy, such an important topic. Now head over to the show notes at pregactive.com forward slash podcasts for everything there. Thanks for listening to the Pregactive podcast. We love hearing from you. So leave us a comment or request a future podcast when you head over to the show notes at pregactive.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with a friend because the more the merrier. Until next time.